now it says it says it's recording so yeah so i'm just going to make sure everybody uh that will be listening to this podcast um just to let you know that there might be some noise in the background um and hopefully this and override um mine and shannon's uh, chat so i'm going to introduce shannon shannon um is a certified nutritionist and a fitness trainer and um as i said i want to kind of get from shannon herself kind of um her background on things and shannon also had um, a degree in law so i suppose i just wanted to kind of understand the change or why the transition uh, from that into nutrition coaching yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because um, I do get asked this quite often, like, oh, what, you know, wh- where did you go from law to nutrition? It's kind of a bit of a change. But I think for me, I was never really set on pursuing law. Uh, it was just an idea and I had nothing else to do. So it's like, well, OK, I'll go to uni and, and see. Um, there there aren't really many job opportunities from my hometown. So I wanted to move out of um, home had the opportunity to live in London. The only way that I could do that is whether, you know, to get funded to study. So um, I thought, well, what if I'm gonna go to uni, spend all that money, spend all that time, what should I do? And law just seemed like a safe option. Mm -hmm. But I soon realized that I wasn't particularly interested in any of it. And that's kind of been my problem from day one is not really knowing what I'm interested in. So I always, you know, um, explored like a number of different subjects, but nothing really stood out to me other than, funnily enough, psychology. So I was actually deciding between law and psychology, but then I thought there wouldn't be many jobs in psychology, so I went for law. Um, And then, yeah, soon realized that I wasn't particularly interested in it. And what I was interested in was nutrition. So I was reading more and just learning more about nutrition in my spare time. And it was on a podcast episode of Sigma Nutrition where I came across MNU, which is the certification that I did, which is online. And it was one year. So that really appealed to me because I didn't really want to go back to uni having just finished uni um, to do like another three or four years Mm -hmm. studying about nutrition. So I did MNU. Um, I went traveling at the same time because it was online so I could travel and study and it was really, you know, really enjoyable. And I started to just pick up clients who wanted to have some help with improving their nutrition. Yeah. Um, so I started there, um, just worked with a small number of people, got a working visa in Australia, ended up joining a coaching team based in Australia. And since then, I've, I've been working for myself for since like last July, I think, um, and kind of been exploring more of the psychological side of behavior change as well. So I've stepped yeah. away from really just focusing on nutrition because I realized that wasn't really the problem. Most people have a general idea yeah. of um, how they could improve their diet, um, but there's usually other barriers in place. And that's what I began to explore just through the work that I was doing with people. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, why is this um, a, a problem? What is the problem here? Yeah. Let me understand this. Or what is the solution to that? And that's kind of guided my own, I guess, research. Um, and yeah, and here we are. Now I've been collaborating yeah. with Dr. Gabrielle Fondaro. We've come up with a framework of coaching and I, I mentor other coaches on that framework just to promote a more well-rounded, I guess, holistic approach to nutrition, but also just to health in general. So helping yeah. people to 
feel good about the bodies that they're in. Yeah. Um, to feel more in control around their, their food. And also to have like a clear sense of direction as to what's important to them and um, how their health and fitness can support that in terms of yeah. like social relationships. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, emotional well-being and like psychological strength those are the sorts of things that we've been exploring um yeah. so yeah it's just a, a learning process just pootling along and doing things as i go along well that's it <laughs> really that's, yeah that's true and like you, you said a good point there too like on the nutrition and things because um i think that most coaches when they go into doing nutrition coaching they think okay if i know nutrition i know everything but to be honest with you, it's probably a small percentage of what you should know. And I think the psychology is definitely, it's an area I study too, the psychology, and that I'm studying in at the moment. It's definitely opens my, it opened my eyes to a lot of things, especially when it comes to behaviours with people and kind of making daily decisions on food and stuff. You know, like the food into your mouth, what you put into your mouth kind of is important, but there can be certain reasons for what you are putting in, you know, that way. So definitely really good. And as I said, why I follow you on Instagram and I definitely recommend people should follow you on Instagram because I think your posts are absolutely super the way you kind of do your content and the message you give, not just to me as a coach, but I mean to the general person is going to get so much value from looking at your content. And so if your content is really good, like what kind of, uh, results are going to get out by working with you. That's what I do say in my head. So, really, really super job. And that's what kind of encouraged me to get you on the podcast because you're a world of knowledge. So, I so just want to kind of dig into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, feel free. Yeah. I'll try my yeah. best. <laughs> so, I just suppose I've seen one fun part as well, something that we might have in common. Um, that um, I see you're into martial arts too. Um, I do kickboxing myself, and um, yeah, since a young age. Um, is that something you've always done as well, or is that something no. that you took, took up recently? Or um, actually, yeah. So I, when I was way younger, I did karate as a child growing up, and I was actually pretty good at it. But then I think I just, I don't know, just got bored of it. You know, I was really young and just yeah. had other things going on. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I did actually. I kind of forget that I used to do and then when I finished uni I was actually dating a Muay Thai fighter and yeah. went to some of his classes and I just found it really enjoyable I just mm -hmm. like the um I don't know I just like the training like I don't have any intentions yeah. to compete or anything like yeah. that but I really enjoy the training <laughs> Yeah. And now um, I'm in Bali and I've been here for a few months and I was actually getting really bored of just weightlifting because I didn't really care. Like the reason I got into weightlifting was like, oh, okay, I can change my body. That's awesome. Let's do this and building strength. And it was really fun. And then I kind of got over it and I just yeah. felt like yeah. I was just doing it for help. I like, <laughs> okay, well, I know this is a good yeah. thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't love it. I'm just doing it because yeah, right. it's a nice break from work or whatever. Um, and I found with traveling around so much that I couldn't really explore other options because I was always on the go. So I was never in one place for long enough to pick something up. Um, so I was considering doing something like Olympic weightlifting, but again, you really need a coach in person. So I got to, to Bali MMA um, and I started training there. I was like, oh, yeah, let's go back to some of the Muay Thai classes. They're super fun. Um, and then I got robbed on my second day here. Yeah. I was oh, like, you Lord. know what? I need to learn something that actually can be like, <laughs> practical for real life. I was like, why didn't I do this ages ago? Um, so I started learning jujitsu. I was like, this makes way more sense. Um, so that would be like my primary 
martial art but i think i actually enjoy like the kickboxing the boxing yeah. and the muay thai yeah. more in the class like i get that immediate reward but the jiu-jitsu is like a long-term thing where it's mm -hmm. there's, there's so much to it you know so many yeah. steps and so many things to learn and i really like that aspect to it and also the fact that it's probably a bit more practical for me than like muay thai where i'm not really gonna yeah try and fly yeah. anyone <laughs> i just like it <laughs> that's it yeah but i said it's it's good to do it for self-defense and i think that nearly every female should be doing some sort of self-defense um especially nowadays anyhow and said jujitsu is definitely challenging on the brain i did a little mm -hmm. bit of it myself but just couldn't get the feel for it just wasn't for me but i suppose i didn't wait long enough to get a feel for it maybe um because it's like I suppose it's similar to when you get on a client with you, it's kind of step by step, you know, and you're building them up. And I suppose it's just kind of cross sword wrestle. That's maybe, I just couldn't get a lot for it any about the kickboxing, definitely um, is something that's really good. And I think every female should have that 100%. Yeah, it's super, I think it's super empowering when you're doing it. And I mean, the thing that I like about jujitsu is that there is such a steep learning curve and you'll never be done, you know, and it's one of those yeah. things that's really humbling because you think you yeah. learned something and then you try you like and do it that. and you're like, whoops, no, yeah. still getting choked. <laughs> yeah, you think you're good and then there's another move and you say, oh my God, I actually didn't know that. Like it's forever learning kind of circle, but I suppose that's really good too, like you know, to, to grow your mind, for growth mindset, I suppose it'll grow your mind, make it better as a person all around too. <clears throat> so yeah. really important. Um, like, I suppose in terms of the pandemic over there, has it affected you in any way or has it affected that and you do oh, work? really. I mean, um, I've been really lucky. I honestly feel like I've escaped most of the pandemic. I did yeah. get stuck back at home for like five months, maybe last year. And as soon as they opened the borders in Europe, I was like, Right, <laughs> I'm leaving. Yep. Um, I think I went to Krakow first. This is like last August, so I really it was March to August. That was it for me yeah. personally. Um, yeah. Then I went to Krakow, Vienna, Lisbon. Stayed in Lisbon for a couple of months. Restrictions started to come back in place, so I was like, right, where can I go? Where yeah. you know, yeah, I'm okay. gonna have some more freedom. Um, and I saw that people were getting into Bali, so I was like, how do I get into Bali? Is it yeah. open? And it turns out it. It wasn't open um, to tourism, but there is a way to get visas by WhatsApp and bank transfers. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's it. My God. And um, said because when you said to me Bali, I kind of I had to look it up because I didn't know. To be honest, with you, I've never heard of Bali. Um, and I because and then I see that you travel a lot as well, so I kind of see in Bali and saying, where the heck is that? I'm going to get this right. <laughs> Oh, um, is it a nice place out there? What's the, is it friendly like or? Yeah, yeah I mean, you just got to be careful. Like I said, I got robbed on day two. Yeah, so yeah. Um, if you're yeah. not super blase like I am, and yeah. you have some, some more wits about you, then you'd probably be okay. Um, same as anywhere, you know, you just got to be, gotta yeah, be careful. Yeah, um, but from like, yeah, it's definitely a really good place for finding a community, I'd say, just because of, again, if you're into like martial arts or fitness, you've got a few different options here. And it is a popular place for people who work online to come and, and live. Yes. It's cheap, yeah. weather's good, food's yeah. nice, you know, super convenient. Um, so I wasn't actually like super set on coming here. I was considering Cape Town, but then everyone warned me against Cape Town, said don't yeah. go on your own. 
yeah. and all the rest of us yeah. was like, all right then, I'll go yeah. to Bali instead. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. You have to go where, where the good brings you to, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I suppose I think, I think this is where we're going to probably run into a lot of problems. Um, I suppose when it comes to the general person or client, um, uh, what could you say? They're, they're probably, from the pandemic, they're in a bad place, obviously, most of them, and I suppose another pandemic is probably going to come upon, like, uh, in terms of, say, obesity and kind of mental health and much more than that, obviously, like, you know, a lot of things that people are going to be dealing with, like, um, what would be your thoughts on that? I think that with the, the pandemic, it's... Uh, like a unique situation that nobody could have anticipated. You know, if you told us this time a year and a half ago, you won't be able to leave your house freely, you know. Um, it's going to be dangerous for you to see your loved ones. Yeah. Those are things that we wouldn't have imagined could have happened to us, you know, mm-hmm. nowadays. But the fact is, like, here we, here we are. I think there have been some benefits to the sense that it really helps to put things into perspective and helps to for people to realize you know what it is that they truly care about which like a common one is you know just having the freedom to go about your day um go outside go to like the gym see your friends see your family um one thing that i think is important is that sure you know when situations have changed there may be some changes that have occurred physically and mentally as well for individuals. And if you feel like you're feeling kind of like you're you're not yourself and feeling like your body reflects that, a common example is weight gain, but that may not be the only case, you know, potentially there could have been some muscle loss or, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or potentially no physical change, but still feeling like there's been a change. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that this is something that everyone has gone through, you know, and I think it's very easy to beat yourself up and berate yourself for not having maintained whatever you would like to have maintained throughout this period of time. So recognizing that you're not the only one who has been struggling and that's okay. You know, it's again, a unique situation. And right now, the important thing is to take care of your overall health and well-being and that would look different for everyone so i think learning to kind of accept the situation for what it is and where you're at and meet yourself where you're at and you can still resolve to make changes but you don't have to let that reflect on who you are as a person you know you're yeah. not just your body you are not just um, these actions that you do or these behaviors that you engage in you as a person are far more complex than that. There's a lot more to you. And you're able to say, I don't like the fact that I haven't been exercising as frequently as I would like. I'm allowed to say that I wish I had done more, but that doesn't make me a bad person. So there's like a difference there. You know, it's very common to say, I'm super lazy. I haven't done this. I've gained weight. I'm terrible, you know, and really kind of catastrophize and globalize as well. But you can take a step back and say, okay, my, my eating has slipped. That's okay. I can recognize that it's a unique situation and it's been more difficult than I had thought. That's okay. I still want to change this though, but that doesn't mean that I'm a terrible person. You know, I can still accept myself where I'm at and then I can change. And I think that's a really important perspective shift that may benefit some people. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, hundred percent. Just um, you know, and kind of it's gonna it says you everybody has experienced it and went through it. And no matter who you are, you're gonna feel it. Like even ourselves. Um, I I know on stages I felt it too. But as I said, I at the end day, it's not going to be a long term thing. It's it's something that I know it feels really long, but it is something that will come and go. And there's always light at the end of the tunnel, as I always say. Um, and kind of just focus on what you can focus on at the moment and things that you can improve. Um, not to be worrying about things that you can't work on. Do you know, just work on day by day and step by step. And enjoy, enjoy you know, trying to get back in, enjoying life again and bringing stuff slowly back in, you know. Because I think a lot of people will kick themselves or whatever, saying, oh, I wasn't as active as it should have been. And that's why, just say to pop away, for example, oh, I was, that's why you pop away, because I wasn't moving enough or I wasn't doing this. You know, it's, that's, that's life, like, you know, that's stress. And it's, we have never went through a pandemic, like it was a hundred years ago since you went through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's totally okay to what you're going through right now. Do you know what I mean? That's not a reflection on who you are. As you said, yeah. I mean, that's an important point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you can take that perspective, you're opening yourself up to learning and self-improvement, you know, because it's very difficult to change something that you're not happy with if you're stuck in that cycle for beating yourself up because of these expectations that you had. You know, there's a difference between like demands and expectations that we have of ourselves yeah. and preferences. You know, so you can say, okay, I would prefer to be um, more active right now. I would prefer to eat um, more balanced meals. That's different to having expectations that I should have been able to handle this. Yeah. I should have been able to maintain my weight, you know, mm -hmm. and the consequences of that are, yeah. um, I'm, you know, I'm going to feel bad as a person for not being able to do these things yeah. or people will think less of me because they haven't been in control of yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. These are um, like assumptions that we're making and demands that we're placing on ourselves. And that's, that can become problematic because we end up kind of self-sabotaging when we feel yeah. that way. Mm -hmm. Whereas again, we can say, all right, then I would prefer to be in a different position right now, but I can still accept myself for where I am. Yeah. Now, from this perspective, I can see where would be the best place for me to start because I'm not stuck in a cycle of beating myself up. Yeah. No improvement comes from telling yourself that you're a failure and that you'll you'll always be stuck the way that you are and people are going to judge you. You know, where does that leave you? Is that kind of helpful or not? Um, so I think, yeah, taking that perspective of, all right, then this is what I would prefer to do. And I can take steps towards that, but I'm not going to beat myself up for where I am right now. Because again, who who could have predicted this? How do we yeah. know how to cope with this? You know, yeah. um, you don't have to know immediately, but you can learn and grow and adapt. Yeah. Um, so that would be one thing, as you say, starting small is going to be the, the best approach probably for the majority of people to take. Um, with like the gyms opening back up soon or next week, whenever it is. Um, again, do you need to go balls to the wall to improve yeah. on what you have been doing recently? Yeah. Or do you just need to make one small step? You know, 
if you haven't been working out at all, simply going to the gym is going to be progress. So keep that in mind as well. And I think there's always like a sense of urgency. And I know that a lot of my clients are feeling apprehensive about going back to the gym because they feel like mm, I'm in a worse position than last time I was here. You know, I've regressed. Yeah. That's normal. You know, probably the majority of people have regressed too. And that's okay. You know, you can get it back. So um, just having that patience and perspective, I think is helpful as well. Um, and then one thing that I will quickly mention is comparing yourself to other people is something that's like a natural human tendency. And it may or may not be helpful. And I'd, I'd say in the context of, you know, nutrition and body image and fitness, yeah. If you're comparing yourself to someone else, um, just recognize how that makes you feel, you know, and if that's putting, if it's a, a way of putting yourself down um, and makes you feel worse about yourself, then I think just to be mindful of that because mm -hmm. you're, you know, thinking, oh, so-and-so hasn't gained so much weight like I have, you know, I'm a terrible person yeah. for gaining yeah. weight. Where again, where does that leave you? And how do you know? And how can you truly compare like for like? Because we, we're all different people with different circumstances. Yeah. And none of us have the cognitive capacity to yeah. weigh up all of these different factors and compute them and, and compare. You know, yeah. it's a yeah. futile thing to do, but it's something that we all do. But it's just something to be aware of. You know, uh, catch yourself when you're making these comparisons and ask yeah. yourself, is that really helpful for me right now? And if the answer is no, focus on you. And what you would like to change and yeah. then go from there yeah that's really good and i think comparison is probably the biggest downfall within i think social media is probably it doesn't help that way um do you know that some person might compare now i've heard in the past of clients of mine um especially younger ones that will be working with you, female clients um kind of uh, to be comparing themselves to this female that might be on say Instagram that takes that picture and seemingly has this perfect body but as I said when you're looking at that person that's just a picture like exactly. the work that goes into that you don't see and the life that that person is living behind that picture you don't see yeah. and that's what's not posted on Instagram you know and I suppose you can take a little bit of comparison out of that I know there's going to be other examples but I think that's something that is kind of is what happens and it's probably going to be a regular thing now over the next couple of months comparing people um, mm -hmm. and it's what you you're saying like is you know start where you're at right now and try not compare yourself to anybody else and mm -hmm. you know if you're in if as you said progress is even going to the gym and if that's your first step that's super like that's that's amazing you have to give yourself credit when you do those things because the reality like of going to the gym and just as you were saying as well like going in and going all out and all out approach and burn yourself out like that'll only last for a couple of weeks and then you're back to square one you know give yourself a chance to kind of get back into a good routine a healthy one yeah i think that's really important and um really recognizing what progress means to you as well you know why is it important for you to exercise frequently like what does that 
bring to your life and ensure there may be the element of oh I want to change how I look and exercise may feed into that a little bit but also thinking more broadly about why else is this important to you you know um, and thinking about how you would like to feel on a daily basis you know what yeah. would you do if you had more energy in your life where would you put that energy yeah. and recognizing that all of these things can be forms of progress not just yeah. Game, like physique it changes is. or you know performance improvements even there's a lot more probably um that's important to you than you may think initially so yeah. having a, a big you know a deeper think about why is this change important to me and what would be different yeah. in my life if i achieve this change that can indicate to you what you actually care about which yeah. again maybe yeah sure i'd like to change how i look but also i actually care about all of these other things as well and that can help you to find a like sustainable source of motivation that will keep you going as well one thing um i think it'd be good to touch on that you mentioned with the social media comparisons is that those can be uniquely problematic when we're thinking about the comparisons that we make you know as opposed to comparisons you make in day-to-day -day life those on social media not only as you alluded to are they often like manipulated and they don't tell the whole picture but we tend to think that we're we tend to compare ourselves to people that we think we're quite similar to which can heighten those sort of feelings of inadequacy it's like well if that person can do it why can't i and as you say the picture really doesn't tell you much at all it doesn't tell you what they're doing to get to where they are yeah. and one of like the common arguments against comparing yourself to people online is that these bodies are unrealistic and I don't know that that's a, a helpful rebuttal because for some people sometimes these bodies are attainable and they are realistic sometimes they're definitely edited and manipulated but yeah. rather than asking yourself is this body achievable I would say is this lifestyle desirable to me because yeah. there are people out there who can sustain, you know, physiques that are what we would say are admirable, you know, lean, muscular, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. And that may be sustainable for that person. Mm -hmm. And it may not be desirable for someone else because it comes down to, you know, how you would like to live on a day to day basis and what's truly important to you, yeah. which is why, again, focusing on yourself and what you care about is going to be the quickest route to figuring out a lifestyle and your body will fall into place as a result yeah. of that. And I think that's probably a healthier approach. Absolutely. Like, and I suppose as well, like, that was really good to say there too. Like, I suppose it's what you value in life too is going to kind of shape it. That's going to kind of shape the person that you are and what's around you as well, your environment. So I suppose, if you're comparing if you're trying to be like somebody else that you think you're like them but they maybe have a value their value might be being lean having a six-pack doing all these things but then people might not have children then people might not have a stressful job do you know and that's probably the difference between you and them those lifestyle factors that you were saying and that's an important note to take you know and of course you can be the be the best version of you and that's probably a better way to focus on it and to make sure that's within line of your uh, values, you know, within life or whatever that may be. Um, and I think a common problem we're going to see is where I kind of want to go into this a little bit, um, is where this time time now people might start taking advantage of the general person. Um, 
and I mean probably pushing agendas on them on online, um, giving like information saying that like okay so keto this does amazing things um or uh say low carb does amazing things you'll have kind of celebrities putting that out on Instagram, which I seen one recently is absolutely disgusted by it. She had a six pack basically in ten days by taking some sort of a supplement. Mm-hmm. And it's there things I think that people are going to have to watch out for too, falling into that trap of these quick fix kind of diets. And um, what would be your thoughts on those things? Yes, so unfortunate to hear about that because I feel so far removed that I forget sometimes that that still is a reality for, for many people. And one way to spot a fad diet or a quick fix that someone's trying to sell you something that probably isn't going to work for the long term is if it's got a a name or a time frame or involves taking like supplements or it's the only solution to your problem it's the only thing that you can do that's going to get you to where you want to be those are just some red flags to watch out for and ask yourself you know do you want to be um spinning your wheels and and getting back to square one because the it may feel like a quick fix that works in the short term and it probably does but if you're gonna um end up back in the same position that you're in you've actually wasted time because you you end up back at square one so i think recognizing when someone's preying on your vulnerabilities is important and then being able to ask yourself is this something that i really see myself doing in the long run um and that's usually the the most helpful thing obviously there is some nuance there and some people may take um stricter approaches to get them to where they want to be quicker but if you're doing that again it's still important to consider some sort of exit plan and, and knowing right once i've done this um one thing what is my next step to make this sustainable for me because that's the way that i'm going to maintain again that's why it's important to think about your lifestyle because your body is a result of the way that you're living your life on a daily basis so if you're seeing fads uh anything that's super restrictive just consider you know is there another way that i can do this and if the answer is yes then potentially look for an approach that makes sense to you and, and is sustainable and enjoyable for you. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the, the biggest thing because, yeah, as you say, there are people out there who are going to want to sell stuff um, and, you know, think that their way is the only way. And I think that's just, just one thing to look out for is knowing that, cool, this change will probably take some time. There's probably, probably a little bit more to it than just taking something or following a plan. And um, if I want this to be my life, you know, and, and a way of living that's giving, adding benefit to my life, then I probably need to, to consider that, you know, thinking long term. Yeah, and that, that's true. And I suppose these people that do these things too, like all those kind of things, there might be a reason for those people doing those things because they might ident- identify themselves with those things. Um, mm-hmm. That might be who they think they are. And they might be trying to get you within that circle and but maybe it's not for you like you know but as i said just be as you said watch out for those careful things and just keep an eye on it and that's kind of the way to look at it isn't it and just be careful full stop yeah and it's difficult i would always proceed with caution and 
potentially be um, skeptical. And if someone's making claims, you don't have to know the ins and outs of nutrition or science to be able to debunk those claims. You, know, you can just ask questions. Okay, well, how does this work? Yeah. You know, if it's something that's claiming to, I don't know, boost metabolism. What, what is my metabolism? You know, do I even understand that? Why why do I think or how does this person claim for it to work? You know, um, do they do they offer any other alternatives? Again, if it's just the, the one approach that they've got, that's a red flag because there are many roads that lead to Rome. So um, just having that kind of perspective and being a little bit skeptical, erring on the side of caution will probably pay off. Yeah. And I suppose more any kind of nutrition approach you take, just say diet, for example, nearly all diets will make you lose weight anyways, but it's find the one that works for you and the one that you can stick to. And I suppose the one that you said, the one that you can maintain, when if you're finished working with somebody for say three months, that you kind of up through the months that you've learned, okay, what's my plan after this? How am I going to maintain this now? How is this going to fit into my lifestyle? You know, a quick fix is generally not going to fit your lifestyle at all. It's going to give a quick result and you're probably going to back square one six weeks after. You know, so yeah. just keep that in mind when you're approaching these things too. Yeah. In order to find an approach that's sustainable for you, it requires a degree of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. You have to understand, well, why do I behave the way that I do in the first place? If you struggle with... Um, overeating on the weekends, for example, why is it that I struggle with overeating on a weekend? You know, if you're just trying to slap a meal plan on top of that, it doesn't really get to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. um, and same goes for improving the way you feel about yourself, you know, is really, is the weight loss really going to change how you feel? Or is that something else that's going on as to why you don't have the confidence that you would like right now? You know, yeah. so thinking more deeply about that, which isn't easy necessarily, um, but having that degree of self-awareness as to why am I, why do I act the way that I do? How can I change that? And what do I really want? So those are some questions that you can ask yourself. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point now. And as I said, um, <clears throat> I think most of these things are probably covered in a lot of information too. And at the end of the day, information, that's not going to help change behaviors at the end of the day, because mm -hmm. your behaviors is your behaviors and you have to work on those specific things. Uh, to see progress and uh, they're going to kind of as you said decide your lifestyle through your behaviors and the way you eat and the way your body shape is or what energy you have you know so it's important to play a factor to those things and i think the biggest person that falls into the trap i know males might fall into it but i don't think it's their males are pushed as much as females and you said a key point there on metabolism uh, that's a, a really good area that people should be aware of uh, but unfortunately they're not um and i think females are probably the ones that suffer most that way especially with your bodies and uh, you know like when you're 30 your body is definitely not going to be the same it is when it's 50. you know and if you're expecting maybe a result when you're 50 like you were when you're 30 it's probably not the best approach kind of to go through and uh, do and changes the body like menopause or perimenopause and all those areas Um, what would be your thoughts on that like for i suppose females listen to this right now um like what i do say is probably accept yourself as you are now and be the best version of it but i suppose you can go a deeper dive into that maybe yeah i'd say that 
the reason that it's important to accept yourself for where you are is that it opens up the opportunity for exploring avenues of change and thinking about why you really want to make a change. So in the context of body composition and wanting to change how you look, the, you know, the number one most common reason for dieting is to, to change how we look. And oftentimes the reason behind that or the motivation behind that is to improve your confidence. You know, I want to feel better about myself so that I no longer hold myself back from putting myself out there, you know, or putting myself out there in social situations or holding myself back at work, holding myself back in my relationships. And we think that the, the way that we do that is to change how we look. Um, and the, the research indicates that that, isn't necessarily the case because the way that we feel about ourselves has more to do with our perceptions than like the physical reality so it's like the thoughts that we have about our bodies the way that we speak to ourselves the way that we feel and the way that we behave in relation to how we think we look which isn't always an accurate representation of reality so I think being able to accept yourself for where you are allows you to one appreciate what you do have and body appreciation is a large component of having a positive body image yeah. which is associated with healthier eating behaviors um, and self-care as well yeah. and psychological well-being all things that most people want in their life yeah, yeah um, so a, a way to kind of it, the, the issue is that it's so ingrained in us that it's important to look a certain way. We all think, and it, there's many um, reasons for this, but and it's understandable that we think this way, but we all believe that if we look a certain way, we'll be more successful, we'll have more confidence, we'll have yeah. more friends, all the rest of it. Um, and that has a lot to do with like the way that we've been brought up, the interactions that we have with the people in our lives, and also the, the media that we're exposed to. Yeah, exactly. um, so it's when we say things like, hey, it's important to accept yourself where you are, like for a lot of people, that sounds like bollocks, you know? It's like, well, yeah. that doesn't even mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. um, the one practical way to begin to accept yourself is firstly to recognize that acceptance is not res resignation. It doesn't mean that you can't still want to change, but it, it, what it does mean is that you're not feeling bad about yourself up until the day that you finally achieve this ideal physique which is going to take time you know if there are changes that you want to make you don't have to um wait until that moment in order to start feeling good about yourself and you can change if you wish from a positive place and one way that i like to put it is that we don't take care of the things that we don't like and the same thing goes to ourselves if you think about all of the people in your life that you care about we want to take care of these people precisely because we love them if you think about the people that you don't care about you know you don't like you whatever happens to them whatever you know you, you're not fussed because you don't necessarily care about these people all your friends and family the people that mean something to you you want the best for them and the same thing goes to ourselves when we start to like who we are we take care of ourselves um which means you know improved eating behaviors it means regular exercise because it makes us feel good and we want to feel good because we we know that we deserve it and that's the difference that's the difference between someone who um doesn't like where they're, they're at and they, they can't accept themselves and they don't appreciate what they've got 
um, again, it's, it's very natural to feel that way, which is why when I say this, it seems so alien to us. What do yeah. you mean? You know, I can like myself and still change if I want. Yeah. Um, so a nice like way to begin to think about this more broadly is, for example, if your body is one thing that you would like to change, just thinking about all the things that your body does for you right now. And I don't just mean like physical capabilities, which yeah. is great, you know, the fact that you can lift weights and you're, you're strong, you know, that your body, um, you can exercise and do your martial arts, you know, all of these things that your body does for you, that's great. But we can also like take that even further. What about um, the, the way that your body allows you to connect with others, like being a shoulder to cry on, the yeah. fact that you have a voice to tell someone that you care about them um the fact that you can kiss and cuddle a partner um hold hands with someone that you care about these are all functions that our body performs for us that we can have gratitude for um, other things you know think about your senses what amazing sites have you been able to see or places have you been able to travel to you know through virtue of having eyes that, that work and yeah. um, what music have you do you enjoy listening to yeah. um, what food do you enjoy eating you know that taste all of these things again functions that our body performs for us the fact that we have these incredible capabilities of like healing from illnesses like think of a time where you didn't feel your best and your body bounced back from that you know that's something to be appreciative of so um that can be like one i guess more practical or tangible way to start having some appreciation for where you are which may help you to accept yourself um, another thing I think I alluded to is being able to say that, okay, I do or I don't like these things that I do, and that's okay, that doesn't make me a good or a bad person, because yeah. um, one of the issues with self-esteem is that it's conditional on achieving certain things or having the approval of others when we're not doing so well or we feel like others don't approve of ourselves our self-esteem plummets whereas self-acceptance can help us to say okay i would prefer to be good at this one thing but i can recognize that i'm struggling with this aspect and that's okay because i can learn and again i'm not going to beat myself up you know, until I've achieved this one result. And I think that self-acceptance helps us to be more tolerant and accepting of others because we recognize that we all have faults and that's okay. That's part of the human condition, you know, of us are infallible. Um, So knowing that having self-acceptance can lead to other acceptance, but also I guess just acceptance of life as well. I would prefer not to be in a pandemic but I can still survive, you know, and I'm still doing okay. There are still people in my life that I can talk to, you know, all the rest of it. So having that acceptance of ourselves, other people and circumstances in our lives can help us to distinguish between, you know, when we're having these um, healthy, like emotional reactions or unhealthy emotional reactions. And a large part of accepting ourselves and accepting others and accepting life is also accepting negative emotions. Um, and negative experiences because again they, they, all of these emotions and these experiences serve a purpose yeah. and I, I'm mentioning this because it's often relevant to eating behaviors is when you know we eat out of um, sadness or loneliness or to escape these uncomfortable emotions but recognizing that they do serve a purpose and that there's a difference between healthy negative emotions and 
unhealthy negative emotions. And when you can draw that distinction, um, that can help you again to be more self-aware and also understand what you need in any given moment, which could be food, could not be food, could be exercise, could not be exercise. And yeah. again, thinking about who you are, what you want and what you need. Yeah. Um, it's probably something that we don't consider when it comes to changing our nutrition. You know, we just think, cool, tell me what to eat and that will work. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot, it'd be a lot easier uh, to coach people then. <laughs> but um, as I said, it's that's the joys of coaching. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different, so that's the good part. Um, and I suppose, um, you know, it's, it's like that comparison thing, and all that can come out with all those negative kind of feelings. But some, you know, sometimes you just you say you just have to kind of, you know, where where you're at, that's where you start, and kind of build build it from there, you know. Um and kind of I suppose I was saying maybe have folks on maybe growing yourself had a little more of kind of a forward motion kind of a growth mindset more so than fixing on things that fixating mindset that you can't things that you can't change like you know or if you're saying okay I can't example of a fixed mindset was saying I can't lift um AKG because I'm a female I can't do that. And and why can't you do it? Oh, I can't. But that's something that you're telling yourself. Well, I can guarantee if you didn't have those thoughts and you went in and I told you, okay, there's there's thirty kg in that bar. That's what you're lifting. You go in and lift it. Guarantee it's like you know the things you tell yourselves can just change your perspective in so many ways. Like you know, um. So it's important important to be mindful of that. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. And I think as you say to. Be able to recognize when you're telling yourself i can't i should or i shouldn't be able to do this um all those i must be able to do this those sorts of words indicate that we're putting demands and expectations on ourselves mm -hmm. and when you can step away from that again like you say it, it opens up opportunities for learning and growth and exploration yeah. and progress exactly yeah yeah, and I suppose it's it's be careful of the dose too, because I kind of want to get in a little bit on kind of disordered eating with you too, because um, I suppose a lot of those reactions or a lot of those negative things might put you into disordered eating. Like, so I suppose I'll go for an example for the listeners. Um, like if you're constantly tracking calories and um, you're not getting results, um, do you know that's that might be an example of kind of disordered eating and you know what I mean because you end up okay I can't hit this number so I'm going to end up eating that and hit that number you know instead of focusing on maybe get more quality into your nutrition instead of the actual quantity Um, I suppose you might be able to expand on that a little bit more on the disordered eating and things and expose explain it to the people the difference or what it like yeah I think when it comes to disordered eating it's very difficult to be able to say this one thing causes it or this one thing will cause disordered eating in all people um, because it's often not like the behaviors themselves that we're engaging in necessarily but so our own um, interpretations and like attitudes that we have so some people will be absolutely fine with macro tracking and other people yeah. may notice that it causes them some anxiety and um, makes them I guess 
engage in more more harmful sorts of patterns of eating like you say with either like restricting and, and overeating or feeling that kind of stress so I think recognizing that if at any moment you feel like you're thinking about food too much um, you feel restricted you feel very rigid in your approach and that you're stuck where you are um, and you feel very limited those are sorts of indicators that what you're doing may uh, may not be the healthiest approach for you and those are some things to look out for but as I say it kind of looks different on everyone and it's actually very difficult to spot that in yourself yeah. just yeah asking yourself you know um do I feel am I able to look at foods neutrally you know not as good or bad black or white but knowing that every food has a place in the context of my overall diet yeah. um do i feel in control of my food choices and again can i be flexible and can i adapt or do i feel anxious if i don't have a plan you know those sorts of questions may help you to kind of understand your own relationship with food and as i say oftentimes it goes hand in hand with how you feel about yourself as well yeah. because we all figured out that we can change how we how we look through our food you know? yeah. and that, that's a good one like it's i suppose it's creating awareness around like if you're doing something like that like um you know instead of just focusing number actually creating awareness on how you're feeling when you're having these foods um look for other types of t feelings like the likes of your emotional state and um, your energy levels and um, you know all these things p play into it instead of just focusing on a number because if you're just kind of concentrating on the one thing that's going, just going to give you the wrong result. You know, you're going to keep repeating that cycle. So it's something you have to be very careful of, I think. And as you said, like macros and uh, calories, some people definitely can do it. But for sustainability, for the long term, it's probably not the best approach. Um, you know, because your goals will change as you go along within your, you know, daily life. And um, it's just a is to try and get I suppose an approach that works for you within your lifestyle and um, that's not going to end up burning out and you're going to end up repeating that cycle yeah yeah just again understanding what do i want out of my nutrition you know and my lifestyle and for some people sure macro tracking may even be sustainable for long periods of time you know but understanding what's necessary for me to reach my goals what am i happy to do um, and how do I really want to feel day to day? Those are sort of the important questions to, to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just, as you said, important to be aware of that. Um, and I suppose I kind of got one question in um, that you might have a bit on. Um, I suppose what's your kind of, um, your opinion on, I suppose, intermittent fasting is what was asked of me <laughs> and I said I wanted to kind of get your answer on it more so and I was a male that asked me but I suppose it's going to be different for male and females the answer for this um so whatever the best answer you can give shout it out <laughs> well again I would ask what for you know yeah. I can't have an opinion on something if I don't know what the intentions behind doing intermittent fasting would be you know if it's for weight loss it could be a helpful way of managing someone's calorie intake, but 
um, it may not be suitable for most people. You know, are you hungry in the mornings? Are you doing intermittent, intermittent fasting because it suits your lifestyle and you're happy with that and you know that it's not necessary, it's just an option? Um, is it something that you feel like you must do? You know, these are all important things to consider. Do you like training on an empty stomach or do you train yeah. after? You know, how does that come into this? Um, so one thing that I will mention is that fasting can often lead to or exacerbate like disordered eating tendencies because it's often the, a case of what if I eat less in the morning, I can eat more later um, and it can fuel a bit of a restrictive cycle. So that's one thing to keep in mind as well. So generally, um, most people that I work with don't aren't interested in intermittent fasting once they realize that it's not it's nothing new, unique, you know, it doesn't offer any superior benefits per se. Um, but there may be times and places where it could be appropriate for someone if they want to and, and it suits them. But just, yeah, understanding that it's not necessary. And I've just assumed that they mean in the context of fat loss. But again, without knowing more about why someone is interested in intermittent fasting, it's going to be difficult to offer yeah. an opinion on that. Yeah, well, well that's it. And I said, it's going to be different for each person too when it comes to it because it's goal oriented like as you said fat loss or weight loss or is it just to kind of improve maybe your health or you know maybe 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 this person is thinking that they're not hungry in the mornings and is that okay not to eat in the mornings and is it okay to have a meal maybe around one o'clock like that's that's a form of fasting too because it's overnight fasting and i suppose uh, that's where you kind of have to realize yourself what's the purpose of it and what's it going to do for you yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think, I suppose, from a female perspective, it's it's probably wouldn't be the best approach. This was depend on the person. But as I said, there's a little bit more going on in the body of a female than a male. Um, so I suppose you have to be careful, kind of, um, what negative effect it might have on your hormones or negative effect it might have on your metabolism and things like that. Um. I think they're important kind of things for people to hear too, like they are considering doing it. You know, and I suppose it's like any any diet approach that you that you go through, you have to kind of weigh up, weigh it up first. <laughs> you know, instead of just going in and doing it and okay, go all or nothing and ask your be grand and try it out. Like, you know, is that the general approach thing by people though? What was that the question sorry is that the general approach that's that's probably the general approach by most people that are probably going to get caught up in these things they just do it for you know just for something different or just to they, they think that it's really good like yeah i think um again if you're considering doing something like that which could be considered not extreme necessarily but it could be taken to the extreme i think just when you're looking to make a change to your diet or the way that you eat, just ask yourself, do I understand why I'm doing this? You know, and is this necessary? Am I choosing this because I want to do this or because I think it's the only way? Um, and those are, again, help with that, those questions will help you to not fall into the trap of um, thinking about extreme behaviors and, you know, um, help you move closer towards thinking about long-term sustainable lifestyle changes. So yeah before changing anything about what you do, make sure you, you know a bit about why you think that's necessary. Yeah, 
yeah that that that's a really good point um before you jump into something like you know and um that's really good and i suppose i had another question in from a female she kind of um what was it that she's um getting cra cravings a lot like um and she didn't really go into when she gets them but she said that i suppose it's probably more of a sweet tooth thing than actual that than cravings i'd say but um she worded cravings um that leads her to having a sweet tooth um and she probably feels bad for that um so i suppose what would be the message to give to her that you, as a female you're probably going to get cravings anyway um do you know i think as human you'll probably get cravings again we all crave food from <laughs> time to time and that's perfectly normal um so that's what i would say is there a problem with these cravings you know is it something that you you feel is um an issue that you would like to address is there any negative consequence from having cravings or satisfying those cravings again understanding that there's a time and a place for all foods in our diets and yeah. cravings are normal and it's okay to satisfy them um yeah. but it's worth i guess distinguishing between like um a, like a, a physical hunger versus like an emotional or psychological craving and it sounds like something that could be beneficial if I'm, again, I'm just assuming that the cravings are problematic in some way, because again, it may, that may not even be the case. It could just yeah. be giving yourself permission to allow yourself to satisfy your cravings, and that's fine. Um, if you feel like the cravings are stronger or more frequent than you would like, and potentially are causing harm in some way, then thinking about when can i draw some connections as to when these cravings arise you know and what is it that i'm really seeking am i craving these certain foods as a pick-me-up well why do i need a pick-me-up you know what other things would offer that same reward so um being able to draw those connections i think is important and that could be done through like a journaling exercise you know writing how you feel and what you're thinking each time a craving arises and then thinking about what caused me to feel this way um, and what do I really need right now? Um, so that could be, that's a, a bit of a vague answer, but it just kind of depends on, again, what's the, the problem with the cravings? Is there even a problem at all? Yes. Yeah. Well, that that's a, a, a really good answer too, like, and um, is it actually a problem or like, it's, it's natural, like, we're all going to have it because I suppose it's then is they also cravings can come from the environment that you're around as well like and also within this time stress levels are going to be up that little bit more and um, so possibly craving a little bit more than than possibly you should be because most people are working from home now <laughs> so more access to other foods so if it's cravings is maybe an issue and you feel you're out of control of it it could be your environment that might be shaping that and that could be something to look into but i suppose not to look at it as a problem maybe it's just something that you maybe need to work on or maybe as you said there's see the reason behind it is that it, is it an emotional thing um or is it a certain thing that's kind of triggering you to have that craving and to kind of maybe journal that you know like a feelings and emotion kind of journal and write down things and kind of see what the root cause is and then you'll actually see Oh, it's actually maybe okay. I like I just do it at this certain point, and it's not something that I'm doing every day, every day of the week. Like doing it every day of the week, maybe <laughs> there might might be something, but probably not. I think we all kind of have like something sweet, maybe most days. So 
don't even stand particularly wrong with it, like. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. Yeah, and it's important. And I suppose um, we're nearly on the time, <laughs> so um, I want to go into kind of. I suppose I have a question here. Um, myself is I suppose. Uh, what is what would be the best advice that you could give anybody? Uh, right now if they're looking maybe to improve or change the way they are? What are they looking to change? <laughs> well, I suppose maybe, I suppose a reword, probably, how could they probably make the best of the situation right now as it is? And um, how can they possibly um, see progress within now, like, you know, and mm. what way should they approach these things? I think something that's really helpful is just getting clear on what you want from yourself, like as a person or from your life, you know, what is truly important to you. And again, not just thinking about your physique goals or your fitness goals, but really about what's important to you as a person and how can your health and fitness feed into that. And then once you've got a clear idea of what you would like to move towards, I think being kind to yourself in that process of making these changes and recognizing again that everyone has faults and that's perfectly normal and you can change from a place of kindness and acceptance for where you are and what you're struggling with um, and, and when you can do that again it's probably likely that you're going to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve um, faster and in a more sustainable way as well. Um, so that's probably like the biggest thing that I would say. And, and one way to do that, again, is to, to really sit down with those thoughts um, and explore that. And, and writing about it can really help. Yeah. Writing down those thoughts and feels. And, and um, I suppose if you're, as you said, trying to kind of change something or work on something, just be kind to yourself when you're doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Take your time and, and as they all say, enjoy the process. You know, it's roll most and from the day as it's say. <laughs> yeah, it takes time, so it does. And just have fun and and keep it simple. Um yeah, so I think that's all the questions I wrote down. <laughs> Hopefully I covered a good bit. Um probably missed a few bits myself, but you know yourself. Um it's hard to remember remember the whole lot. Um so I suppose Shannon, where would be the best place uh, for people to um, reach out to you and find out about you and stuff? I think probably the best place to find me would be over on Instagram, and that's at shannonbeer underscore. Um, I also have a lot of content on my website in terms of articles that will help you to um, figure out, again, some of the things that we've spoken about. So what's really important to you as a person and um, acceptance of cravings as well, I've also spoken about. So um, having a look at the articles on my website, which is shannonlbeer.com. Um, could be another place to start. But yeah, if you want to reach out and, and get in contact, um, either through the inquiry form on there or through Instagram would be a good option. Yeah, super stuff. And I definitely recommend everybody to tip over to um, Instagram and check out um, Shannon's website. Definitely. I have been there and uh, I have seen loads of benefit for myself. So you're more than likely definitely going to see um, some sort of benefits of going there too. So yeah, Shannon, I want to thank you so much for coming on um, from the other side of the world. <laughs> what time is it now in your, uh, over there? Um, 20 to 5 in the evening. Thank I'm you. I'm seven five. hours ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, my God. So, Asher, you, you still have a, some sort of a day left on your side money start my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, super. And look, okay, hopefully in the future, I'll um, get you on again down the road. Um, I said I might have more questions and kind of for another podcast because I, I learned a lot out of talking to you today and hopefully um, my audience did too. And thanks so much for coming on, Shannon. Really appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Going to stop. Try to do it right.